it's always something, isn't it? It's never nothing. It's never nothing. But hey, welcome. Welcome. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Usually we record on Friday. This week we're recording on Wednesday. And (laughs) it's, we're here. (laughs) We're here. I feel like this week and last week in particular, the I'm getting like full moon vibes, but the moon isn't even full until next week. I know. Just early. Really the week after. The full moon isn't until the 15th. Mm. We're just really connected right now. We can feel it coming. It's just starting its effects early. (laughs) Well, hey, this is Haunted or Hoax, and I'm Jennifer. And I am Kristen. And this week we are in Virginia talking about Gatsby tavern and museum yeah and it's not the great gatsby you know what i might have misspelled it as the great gatsby when i was beginning my research and i was like why is it spelled wrong but i was spelling it wrong so (laughs) oops (laughs) how do we hear about this one was this one from my book i think so yeah it was either a book or like a google search like a list because I had never heard of it before. Me either. Food looks delicious. It do. Uh, it looks <laughs> like a a fun place, a happening place. Very. Um, it seems very historical. Yes. From the things I glanced at that you'll tell us more about. Uh, is it haunted? We'll see. I'll tell you if it is. I'm going to go first, right? Yeah, you tell me all about it. All right. Well, everyone... This is going to be short and simple and incredibly frustrating. <laughs> like this week. <laughs> Just like this week. Um, there is only one ghost story that the Gatsby is well known for. And that is the female stranger. And it goes a little something like this. In all versions of this legend, a couple arrive in Old Town after disembarking a ship from the Caribbean. It said that the woman was wearing a black veil and was incredibly sick when she got off the ship. They hire a carriage to take them from the port to the city hotel. They appeared to have wealth, and the woman was remembered to be beautiful, even though she was really ill. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, her husband took her to room eight, but jostled the doorframe on his way in, so the eight was, like, knocked over and became... An infinity symbol. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, and apparently the weirdness didn't stop there. The that man. Was... What? It's weird. Like, I Is mean... it weird? I just would have thought that was like a faulty screw. Like, But like the infinity symbol. I, I picture like the office style, like slow zoom in. <laughs> simple like, like what if it had been a six like room six and all of a sudden it flipped over oh <gasps> it's a nine i mean uh, well then i would be uh, comforted i feel like nines are better than sixes sorry for six fans out there but you know there's just some numbers that i feel like are cooler than other numbers and nine is cooler than six so apparently eight is just weird eight is just you either are eight and great or damned for infinity <laughs> a wide range carry on though <laughs> <laughs> well the man called for a doctor and two nurses but refused to give his name or the name of the sick woman 
He wouldn't even tell the attendant of the hotel their names. In fact, he made anyone who met them take oaths of secrecy to never reveal their identities. Okay. So dramatic. This man was dramatic. (laughs) Unfortunately, the doctor could not cure her and she died three weeks later. I have not seen a diagnosis in my research. Never says like her symptoms, just says she was incredibly ill. So um, she died supposedly October 14th. 1816. So even though they looked wealthy, the husband borrowed money from a local man to pay for a beautiful tombstone. Have you seen the tombstone? Yes. Would you call that beautiful? Yes. Intriguing? Unique? Large. (laughs) A little weird. (laughs) A little interesting. The way that it's set up. A little kitchen table-esque? Yes. (laughs) Uh, they're like a beautiful tombstone. And I looked at it. I was like, I mean, yes. Like the, so there's a very nice poem carved into her tombstone. I don't have it here. I couldn't recite it to you. I'm not reciting poetry this week. Um, Bummer. Maybe at the end I'll pull it up, but it's a tombstone. That's like, it looks like a coffee table. Kind of. It looks like a kitchen table. Like it is huge. It is very large. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it's setting up like that. I didn't find an explanation for it. So, And she was buried, and her only identity was that of the female stranger. Bizarrely, after the funeral, the man skipped town. Maybe not bizarrely. Maybe he was just really poor, and he looked rich. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? I conned all these people into thinking that I have some man of mystery thing going on. <laughs> when I just really wanted to bury my girlfriend or my wife. So... Uh, he skipped town, leaving his wife alone with no one to like come visit her grave and mourn her and the debts that they incurred behind him. Despite their frustration with losing out on money owed to them, those who took the oath held it. Like the oath of a... Uh, like anonymity. Yeah. And I would just like to say, if somebody like skipped out on what they owe me, I don't owe you anything anymore. <laughs> Well, and if he was so adamant about not telling anybody his name, what oath did they take? Because it sounds like they didn't know anything anyway. Right. It's like the people who took the oath, did they actually know the identity? Like he was like, okay, I will tell you our identity if you are this persistent, but you can't tell anyone, not even your best friend. Um, We all know that doesn't count. I know it doesn't. Neither do husbands, by the way, um, or spouses in general. <laughs> Any partner romantically is just they get they get everything, whether they like everything. it or not. Everything. <laughs> I'm just saying, if he did reveal an identity and then you stole a bunch of money from me, I would not hold the oath, unless the oath was like a curse. Like he was like, if you don't hold this oath, you know, something bad will you'll also get sick or something. You will forever have eights and infinity sim- symbols. <laughs> All your eights will turn into infinity symbols and it will mess up your accounting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to this day, we don't have an idea of who the couple was, who she was, no names, no nothing. But there are a lot of theories. Mm-hmm. Theory one was she was Theodosia Burr. The daughter of Aaron Burr. We all know A. Burr and his hand in American government and now Broadway musicals. 
There's a whole song named after his daughter. This is a shaky theory because I think that Theodosia was like not in the Virginia area when she supposedly passed away. I'm not really sure. I didn't really look far into her history in case you touched on it. But this is like the most popular theory, I think. Mm -hmm. People like to believe that it was Theodosia Burr. (laughs) And Aaron Burr just keeps showing up in our stories. (laughs) We can't get away from this man. And neither could Alexander Hamilton. Like, he was in, what was he in? The Blennerhassett, I think. He was in the Blennerhassett. Was he? Yes, because the Blennerhassett also has that island that we were kind of interested in. Mm. And he was more part of the island portion. I see. Yeah. I'm glad you remember. I barely remember i like scraped at my finger tail my finger tails my fingernails <laughs> in, in the back That's of my a lot memory of tails on your hand there ma'am <laughs> i have so many tails on my fingers you guys you don't even know <laughs> that would be so gross i'm just thinking about it now <laughs> um theory... hand around all of a sudden just no because... no <laughs> it's like those little worms on strings those Ew. little like fuzzy worms. Yeah. <laughs> um, theory two: She was a wealthy English woman who was running away from her husband with her penniless lover, and that could explain why he left without paying anyone. <laughs> like this theory kind of explains why he was a bum and just mm-hmm. took money and then ran off. There's no name for this theoried. English woman who might have ran away from her husband, but it is a theory that I could maybe get behind more than Theodosia Burr or this third theory that she was actually Napoleon Bonaparte (laughs) hiding in plain sight with his lover. Did you know there's a big theory that Napoleon was gay? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Like, is this just like conspiracy theory? Like, Leah Michelle's last name is Bonaparte? Because that's not very nice. <laughs> well, I was like, is this just like a conspiracy theory? Like birds aren't real or Leah Michelle can't read. But apparently this is like a historical thing that like Napoleon might have had male lovers. But I don't know if he would come over to the Caribbean. I mean, from the Caribbean and die in a hotel room. I just like this theory makes no sense. And there really isn't any like detail to like how it could happen. It's just some sort of weird. Like they were just picking people that were alive in that time and like, oh, well, they existed. So they could have been in this building. Basically. So, so, so yeah, those are like the three main theories. And according to anecdotal evidence, it seems that the female stranger is considered to be an intelligent spirit. Okay. People see her apparition appear and disappear around the tavern in the hotel. Sometimes she flits through the ballroom during parties or is spotted looking longingly out the windows of room eight. Patrons have gone to speak to her only for her to disappear into thin air. Sometimes soft crying from a woman can be heard from room eight or elsewhere in the museum. So, it doesn't seem like she's a she's a spirit that's like repeating things, like a residual sort of energy. Yeah. Kind of she she seems sad, but not malicious, and definitely picks and chooses where she can go and wants to go. Mm-hmm. Wellington Watts, owner of Alexandria Colonial Tours, knows several people who said they have seen the ghost of the female stranger. There have also been several instances 
of candles being lit and moved around. Wellington said, one of my tour guides was at a birth night ball, which I don't know what that is. I didn't look it up. It's a birthday ball. Just at night. Birth night ball. Okay. Um, When he saw a beautiful woman, he walks over to say hi and she vanishes before his eyes. Watts said the tour guide caught a glimpse of the woman as she entered room eight and followed her. But when he got to the room, the only thing there was a lantern that had been lit. Perplexed and wanting to like find the woman, even though she's like disappeared twice now, the guide went to the museum's curator, but the curator had no idea what he's talking about. He, you know, the tour guide said, by the way, you have a candle lit in that room unintended. You might want to check that out. The curator said, no, I put all the candles out before this event. Mm-hmm. Sure of what he's seen, the guide and the curator went to the room, but when they got there, the lantern was not lit. But when the tour guide touched the glass of the lantern, it was very hot to the touch. And it said it burned the tour guide's fingers, actually. And Watts says, we like to say she was leaving a beacon for her long-lost husband to return to her, which is very sad. And also, how did you know that they were married? (laughs) Or she was just looking for another penniless lover. She Maybe she's afraid of the door. She Maybe she's afraid of the door. Dark. She's afraid of the dark. Maybe. Who knows? And one server at the tavern told a story of literally running into the apparition of the female stranger while carrying plates from the dining room. She dropped everything to the ground and let out a screech as she ran away. The phantom simply disappeared, it says in the article, which is appropriate. I feel like you run screaming into... and running away or the phantom disappearing both. I mean, you probably scared her, but also dropping everything to the ground and like running away. If I ran into an apparition, I assume from all of my ghost hunting sh- shows I've watched that it would be very cold and I don't know, kind of creepy feeling to run into an apparition. So I'm sure her managers were not very happy about the dishes though. Eh, they get broken anyway. Who cares? Ain't that the truth? I've broken a lot of things as a server. So <laughs> But sometimes I would break them on purpose. Oh, I never did that. But I did flip an entire um, large tray of entrees, just flipped right over onto the ground during a uh, mm-hmm. after-funeral mm-hmm. lunch. So, <laughs> comic relief? They didn't think so. <laughs> Another waitress ha- said that she asked in the kitchen where the napkin- napkins were. And a package flew out from out of nowhere off the shelf and landed next to her. So this ghost is helpful. Here are your napkins. <laughs> Get to work. Um, so that's why they say that she's not angry or malicious. She's helpful. You're running into her and she's just trying to get you napkins. You sound ungrateful. <laughs> Tip her out. Yes. Give her a wage. Light her lanterns for her. She shouldn't have to do everything herself. That is not a euphemism. Don't do that. <laughs> they say that she is as as a part of the museum as much as the Georgian archi- architecture. Oh, I can't say that word. Architecture. There we go. <laughs> that sounded like a sneeze the first time. <laughs> described as a gentle soul who is just 
trying to enjoy the beauty of the hotel. She tries to participate in the activity in the tavern and is often seen dressed in an evening gown because she likes to crash the balls. Ah, I would too if I had balls to crash. That's what she said. Stop it. At one ballroom dance around the turn of the 20th century, a young man saw this lovely unknown woman in solid form, dressed in an early 19th century gown, standing across the room from him. She smiled at him and wanted to dance, supposedly, and he sent across the room to ask her to dance with him, but she floated out the door and then disappeared outside room eight. Mm. So she's a bit of a tease, too. Aren't we all? You know, she was like, oh, come on, let's dance. Never mind. I'm going to go out, go into my infinity room. I'll crash your balls. Just kidding. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe he's been spared. <laughs> She's also made an appearance in the downstairs dining room, uh, supposedly wanting to be seated or have room service brought to her. A young college student on summer break had just gotten a job as a waitress on her first day. She had gotten her order from the kitchen to bring to the table. When she turned around, the female entity was standing right in front of her in semi-solid form staring at her the waitress dropped her order and ran out of the dining room appropriate appropriate but maybe you need to be like when you're hiring people (laughs) say there's a ghost here that might show up like don't drop the dishes if you if you are somebody who would drop dishes and run maybe don't apply here (laughs) maybe work at the front desk instead (laughs) Yeah, maybe work at the other tavern that's not haunted down the street. Who knows? <laughs> She's also been seen strolling around the area of her grave for a change of scenery, supposedly. And I really liked this last part of, I believe it was, hauntedhouses.com. And they said, anything recently? Probably. <laughs> She apparently has chosen to spend her afterlife in the old city hotel building and St. Paul's Cemetery. While there are a lot of personal experience accounts, not much is posted when it comes to hard evidence. Mm -hmm. I got from one site that while on a historic tour, an investigator did have a personal experience near room eight and caught some interesting evidence on her cell phone. Did they have the interesting evidence on the site? No, they did not. Did they post where I could find this interesting evidence or this person? No. Oh. Did I slam my head down into my desk after searching for two hours for this cell phone interesting evidence? No, because I was not sitting at my desk, but I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing in the way of photos of this female stranger. There are no EVPs. There are no YouTube videos. A lot of people dress up like her, which I think really shows how ingrained this legend is and the story is to the area. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing else. It was incredibly frustrating. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, come on, give me anything. Give me an orb. Give me a little street. Anything. Anything besides personal stories, which are great and which are fun and which are you know, can be very real. Some, you know, 
you never discount somebody's personal experience totally because like that is their experience. Like that's not my place to say it didn't happen. However, it's so much more for me when I can find something to kind of back up what people are saying. Right. There is no other ghost haunting this place that I could find. No little Hmm. girl, no civil war man, nothing. Just this female stranger and her very camera shy apparition. And I found a picture that I think is a painting that hangs in the tavern. And I'll show you because after this very, very frustrated hunt, it made me smile. So give me one moment while I look at it. Are you just going to describe it to me? Are we playing? Yeah, we're going to play um, charades. Is that what that is? I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was expecting. I know, but isn't it fun? <laughs> it's He's ready for something yummy. He is. It's George Washington, and he has a little napkin tucked inside his little collared shirt and then he is holding a fork and a knife and he's ready to eat some good tavern food so I thought that was pretty cute and that is the only picture I have to show for all of my research (laughs) okay then and that's it that's the legend of the female stranger and the supposed ghost haunting Gadsby Tavern well (laughs) I can tell you some history (laughs) perfect do you have any theories given your history you should share it we'll share them once we get into it i guess yeah we'll be right back okay we're back we're back and ready to hear all the facts I'll give you all that I could find. It's all we ask. If you're asking for more, then this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gatsby Tavern turns out belonged to more people than Gatsby. Originally, it was three buildings. It was a 1785 tavern, a 1792 city tavern and hotel, and then an 1878 hotel edition. John Gatsby leased the buildings from 1796 to 1808. So between 1749 and 1752, Charles and Anne Mason started a tavern business called Mason's Ordinary, which great name. I love that. In the 1770s, Mary Hawkins, did she have a son named Jim, opened a tavern on the lot around the corner. It sat extended from the corner of Royal and Cameron Streets to about mid-block. And I know you don't know where that is, but it's relevant. So in 1778, the plot was subdivided and Edward Owens purchased the lot on the corner. Then we won the Revolutionary War. Yay! And everyone was happy. Everyone was so happy that they were spending money because, you know, (laughs) war makes people not want to spend money. So we won. So people were spending money. John Wise purchased the plot from Edward Owens in 1782 and built the still-standing tavern and the Federal City Tavern in 1792. How many taverns did they really need on this block when it comes down to it? Well, people are spending money and people are drinking, so, you know, got to get where it's good. This is like, what, five at this point? Well, I mean, what else did you have to do back then? They make fun of us for having a Starbucks (laughs) on every corner. 
Gatsby leased the City Tavern. That was the most prominent tavern in Alexandria, Virginia, in 1796. He renewed the lease in 1802 and also included in that lease the smaller 1785 tavern from John Wise. In the time he operated the taverns, they became incredibly popular. Some of the famous guests include... A. Burr? No. George Washington. Oh, like my picture. Yeah, like your picture. Who attended the annual birth night ball held in his Oh, hey. Twice. Wow. Yeah. He was, he frequented this tavern. He actually stayed there. Other prominent customers of the tavern include John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and James Monroe. They should have had their after party for Hamilton when they opened on Broadway at this place. (laughs) They should have. Thomas Jefferson was celebrated in 1801 with a banquet in the ballroom of the city tavern. So it saw a lot of historical people. Yeah, important people. Also, the Marquis de Lafayette, so, so sorry, was (laughs) also a guest in the festivities at the city tavern during his tour of the United States in 1824. Mm. He was a French aristocrat who fought in the Revolutionary War, in case you're missing your combat Hall of Fame trivia. So Gatsby operated both taverns up until 1808 when he moved to Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, shout out. (laughs) John Wise died in 1815 and the buildings changed hands a lot. They contained hotels, lawyers' offices, and even auction houses at one point. It also remained a hotel during the Civil War and due to its ties to George Washington, it made it a tourist destination for the Union soldiers stationed in Alexandria. Mm -mm. Which is... An odd thing to think about. Yeah. In the decade of the 1890s, Frederick Schwab, a veteran of the Alexandria Artillery, was a proprietor of a saloon in the original 1785 portion of the Gatsby Tavern. He lived there with his family until his death in 1901, and by the 20th century, the building was no longer a hotel. It had essentially fallen into disrepair. Mm. In 1917, the Metropolitan purchased the ballroom woodwork so they also in turn preserved the original historic ballroom when it was moved cool. to New York. The Met negotiated with the owners of the 1792 City Tavern as well to purchase architectural elements of the hotel and ended up with the musicians gallery, cornice door frames and mantelpieces from the ballroom. That's awesome. And, yeah. In 1924, the American wing of the Met opened and featured an installation of the recreated Gatsby or Gatsby's Tavern Ballroom with the original woodwork. It's now called the Alexandria Ballroom, and you can still see it in the Met today. Cool. So on the verge of being demolished, the buildings were saved by the efforts of F. Clinton Knight and carried on by the American Legion Post 24, among others. But the others weren't listed, so thank you, others. The unsung heroes. (laughs) Yes. The other strangers. (laughs) The buildings were reopened in 1976 by the city of Alexandria as a museum. Clint Knight, a former city councilman, postmaster, and the commander of Post 24, mortgaged his home to help purchase the tavern. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is a scary thing to do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
The renovators reproduced the second floor of the tavern, the woodwork of the ballroom. When the renovators reproduced the second floor of the tavern, they also reproduced the woodwork of the ballroom that the Met purchased. And it was declared a National Historic Landmark in 1963. Today, the restaurant space of the 1792 hotel building is being leased to a private restaurateur. Mm-hmm. The original ballroom, like I said, the woodwork can be seen at the Metropolitan Museum of Museum of Art in New York. The museum offers daily tours for individuals and families and group tours if you want to go as a group of people by appointment only, though. Mm. Also, fun fact, the museum is part of the American Whiskey Trail. Oh, cool. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I wrote, in case you didn't know this existed like me. (laughs) Oh, good. The trail includes the following, and then it just gives a list of This is just some of them. There's a museum and tavern in Manhattan, New York. Um, Obviously, the Gatsby Tavern and Museum in Alexandria. There's a George Washington Distillery Museum in Mount Vernon, Virginia. There's Oliver Miller Homestead in South Park, Pennsylvania. There's a whiskey museum in Kentucky, one in Pennsylvania, one in Cumberland, Maryland. It just goes around all of these distilleries. Yeah. Yeah. And it provides a kind of educational journey to distilled spirits in America. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, too. So let's talk about this lady. Yes, please. So obviously the lady was really there. Um, You Uh can see, well, there's a tomb. (laughs) I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I haven't seen her. There's a a headstone, and it is dated. Did they dig her up? Do they see if there's a body in there? I'm just saying. Maybe that's why they put that there. So nobody, like, that's impossible to dig that up without removing the entire thing. Right. It's like Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does look like somebody took the time to clean it recently. Because if you look at a picture from 2017 versus one from 2021, somebody did clean up the face. Mm-hmm. And you can read it a lot better. I'm not reading it. Okay. We'll post it on Instagram and you guys can read. We have faith that you can read. So <laughs> I also put not exactly where I'd want to have Thanksgiving dinner, but a nice sentiment. <laughs> I found two newspaper clippings regarding the female stranger. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thanks, newspapers.com. <laughs> Sponsor us, please. <laughs> I'm never getting my money back. <laughs> The first one is from 1836, so 20 years after her death. The author states they have been informed by a minister of Alexandria that had visited her while she was in town. A gentleman calling himself her husband was there Mm. as her companion, but apparently there were many people in the town who doubted that he was actually her husband. The Mm. article states, quote, mental suffering was deeply characterized on her young brow and that her pale cheeks had been the channel of many bitter tears. Oh, no. no. Do they think like she was kidnapped or something? I don't know. Clearly meant, like, distressed. Yeah. After her death, her husband disappeared suddenly, and it caused quite the stir. But that was kind of where that article ended. I took a clipping of the entire article that we could post. Perfect. The second one is from 1922, so 106 years after her death. Wow. Yeah. This one goes into a little bit more detail, but it's also a little bit more romanticized. So this one states that an Englishman with his young wife arrived at Gatsby's and she was ill, apparently in early stages of typhoid fever. Mm. 
It states that she was a pretty English woman of obvious rank. Her husband was a handsome, attractive young man and made friends with the people at the tavern and like people in the town. This states that he had stayed there six weeks and in six weeks of staying there, he never gave a name. He did borrow money from Mr. Lawrence Hill and unfortunately, as he stated, Mr. Hill did not get that back. Mm. Following his wife's death in October, he bid farewell to everyone and also all of his bills because he didn't pay anything. Anything. So, Mr. Hill took a trip to Sing Sing while he was in New York visiting his uncle because I guess the Statue of Liberty wasn't a destination yet. Like, I don't understand why you would just take a random trip to Sing Sing, but whatever. So, while he was, <laughs> while he was checking out that cool place, he heard a prisoner say, you don't remember me, Mr. Hill? To which he turned around and he saw the stranger. The man. When the Mr. Man. Hill when Miss <laughs> When Mr. Hill asked the guards about the prisoner, the only information they gave was that he was an educated Englishman imprisoned for forgery and theft, and that he had many aliases, but his real name had never been discovered. That is so weird. But he's obviously a con man. Yes. We're judging him, but Okay, so listen, if there's consistency, like inconsistencies, those never add up. But if there's consistent, like lines in each story, those generally lean towards the truths. So I would say they were definitely English. I would say (laughs) he definitely didn't pay anybody any money. (laughs) Yes. Maybe he was a con man in England and he convinced this beautiful woman this beautiful rich woman right mm-hmm. to run away with him or something but in those days you know all the wealth is tied up with the husband and she got sick mm-hmm. so she dies and he's like well i didn't get any money and my beautiful lover is dead so i best just skip town make sure she got a really pretty table tomb and skedaddle <laughs> Get on. It's a marble top table. It's beautiful. (laughs) Put this poem on it. She'll love it. Tell her spirit to stay here while I go off into the Americas. And then get arrested and end up in Sing Sing. Yeah. And then I see the guy that I stole from just randomly getting a tour there. Small world. I say, hey, buddy. (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) That's my story. (laughs) That's the end? Okay. That's all I got. No potential names, nothing. That's Mm-mm. so, so weird. I like the story I that get, we came up with. But. <laughs> I did get very excited that I found articles that were just as mysterious back then. Because you think that if somebody knew something, they would have spilled the beans eventually. Yeah. And so I guess that's why they like have that rumor that there was an oath that nobody spoke. But I just feel like people didn't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe people felt dumb for not knowing. So they're like, oh, I took an oath. <laughs> well, one of the authors did say that, like, there were plenty of stories among the gossips. The gossips. The hens. <laughs> Bunch of chickens. <laughs> so, but. I don't know. I don't know if this place is haunted. It certainly is an interesting story, though. Yeah. So I think that this is, like, a very cool story to have for your place. Like, it's very mysterious unique yeah unique thing in your history I can't say 100% that I think it's haunted 
I just like I know that there's a lot of uh, personal stories like I said before just I feel like after 200 plus years mm-hmm. of her supposedly haunting this place somebody would have gotten a picture and if you have a picture and you can prove me wrong I say this every time please email it to us or DM me because I'm looking and wanting the evidence but I just there's there's not anything here <laughs> There's no evidence here. So I I can't say that I truly believe that this place is haunted. Yeah, I'm with you. Lovely place for a meal, it looks like. And incredible history. Oh, yeah. All the famous they, people. They threw old Civil War balls, like Civil War era balls. Everybody was dressed in their hoop skort, skorts. I wanted to skort. There were just two indivis- individual hoop skirts on each leg. Yes. <laughs> they were dressed up in their hoop skirts and they were doing like old-fashioned waltzes. They hadn't done one since 2016, it looks like, but it looked cool. Mm. I think it's just very cool. Like, oh yeah, this is the place where we hosted the birthday party for the first president. Not just twice. one, two birthday parties. Right, twice. That is... And Thomas Jefferson. It's just insane. This place was popping more than Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> more than David Buster's. More than David Buster's. Also, I like David Buster's a mild amount, but I know a lot of people who like it a just out of their minds amount, and I would like somebody to explain that to me. So if you know, please <laughs> email us what's the fascination between da- but behind David Buster's because I know people who will go bankrupt for that place. So I've never been. It is an okay time. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty fun, but I don't, I just, I, it just, it, it's weird. It's adult Chuck E. Cheese for sure. I don't know. I just don't get the hype, but you know what? I get the hype of this place. So yeah, even without I'd, a ghost, I'd visit Alexandria. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. So good job. Good job for you too. I'm Thank sorry you. it was frustrating. That's okay. It's just you the still theme did of this great. Week. <laughs> Thank you. And you did an amazing job as well. And maybe next week's theme will be happy go lucky easy as we hit Indiana. Let me make sure that's right before I say Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going next. How exciting. I don't think we've done Indiana yet, have we? I don't think so. And if we have, don't tell us. We're coming for you. <laughs> what is your sage moment? Are we talking about moms? We are talking about moms because Sunday, the Sunday before this comes out, is Mother's Day. I'm going to be spending it with my mother, which I don't get to do all the time. But now that she lives in Florida, I can. And <laughs> we might go to the beach, which reminds me, I'm not going to tell the shark's tooth story (laughs) even though that's a good story one of my favorite well it's probably shouldn't be my favorite but like we tell it so many times because it's so funny is that when my when I was a kid when I was like four or five we all went to Ocean City in Maryland my stepdad my mom and my two step siblings and we were running along the beach and everybody was having fun and my mom fell into this sand mm. hole oh no and face planted and everybody was laughing and then i just started crying and telling everybody don't laugh at my mommy like 
they like my stepdad was like, you were hysterical. Like we were all laughing and you're just crying because we're laughing at your mom. (laughs) And so (laughs) that is like me and my mom's relationship in a nutshell. I love her. She can be so funny and so hilarious, but don't hurt her feelings or I'll come for you. (laughs) I'll cry and I'll come for you. So So hopefully she hasn't fallen any sand holes this weekend. (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) That's very cute. My story, my mom and I had a very, uh, like, challenging relationship while I was growing up. It was a very hard time. (laughs) You can attest to that. We we butted heads a lot. But now that I am older and I see that I was just a bratty child. (laughs) We're all a little bit bratty in our teenage years for sure. That maybe just wanted a little more freedom than I was getting. But now that I'm older, I have a very solid relationship with my mom. She is my best friend. I have to talk to her at least three times a week. Like, I'll call her on my way home from work and just chat with her. I -hmm. talked to her this afternoon. But I would say probably one of my favorite moments is also at the beach. I went on vacation with my parents. It was just, I have two older brothers. Um... But it was just me and them. We were going to check on some property that we have down in Florida. And so I just went along for the ride. Mm -hmm. This was in 2016. And we went and stopped at St. Pete Beach. And my dad is not a big beach goer. So he went across the street to get some coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. So my mom and I went to the beach and we got in the water. And that was the first time that I had seen my mom in water in probably like 15 years. So. Yeah, we got in the water and we're walking around and all of a sudden something touches my foot. And you know, when you're in the ocean and something touches your foot, like you freak the fuck out. Like, right. But then like I started feeling around with my toes and I was like, this thing is big. And she's like, what is it? I was like, I don't know. And so she held my hat for me while I went underwater and I picked it up and it was this huge pin shell, you know, like the big, Mm -hmm. what is it? That Alba those big shells that have the mother of pearl on the inside yes but it was like this big wow and i picked it up with my foot and her she got a little scared because she is scared like that but she she's <laughs> like don't don't get bit and i picked it up her eyes got so big And she's like, what else can you find? And that ended up being the whole (laughs) afternoon. We would just pick up shells. But that was like the, the, I found it moment. And she just sat on the beach and looked at what I pulled up from the water with my foot for the rest of the afternoon. That's cute. I love that. Good times with my mom. She's the reason why I know everything that I know. Like, essentially. I know so much about plants, birds, nature because of her. Like, she's my source of knowledge. So, thanks, mom. Yes, and my mom is also just, she's the reason why I'm into the paranormal. She's the reason why I'm into shark's teeth. (laughs) I sound just like her. You do. Exactly. If you're talking to to my mom or me on the phone, you don't know who you're getting because we sound exactly the same. We have the same laugh. Uh, We have the same mannerisms. It freaks my husband out a lot of the time. (laughs) So... I'm basically her clone, <laughs> but I, lo- I like it. I love it. So, well, I hope everyone has a very happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Hug your mom, hug your sister, 
hug whatever parental figure you have in your life. Celebrate. And we'll talk at you next time. We will talk with you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.